Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today for the first time in 2024. I just want to wish you a happy, happy new year and a healthy one uh, for you and your loved ones. I wanted to kick off 2024 by basically tackling one of the world's greatest problems, and that's the healthcare system here in Ontario. <laughs> Um, I mean, really, when I started this podcast, that was part of it, right? Is, you know, how can I, how can I um, sustain and help improve um, the well-being of healthcare providers in a system that's very difficult sometimes to work in, you know, even though you go in with the intention to help, uh, you do operate in the framework of the system. And that can be frustrating for us sometimes, and it can be stressful for us. But um, I just want you to know that your patients and your clients, they do appreciate the care you're providing. Okay. Um, I want you to understand that, that other people who are not in healthcare, get it. They, they know the system is, is flawed. They know there are issues. Um, and, and just like I've always said on this podcast, just try your best to focus on the patient before you and try not to take it all on. Okay. Cause I know what that feels like. I've been there and I, you know, I've shared that too. And, um, one of my reflections on 2023 is just to kind of let things go that I really have no control over. I'm here to be, um, of contribution. I'm here to be of support to help improve the system. Um, but I can't do it alone. And, um, it, you know, it will require a reform at all levels really. Uh, so I'm a Western graduate and, you know, I graduated with my master's in physical therapy many years ago. <laughs> um, and so I still get communication from them um, and their alumni magazine. And, and in fall 2023, their, um, their alumni magazine was about solving the world's toughest problems. And of course, one of them was healthcare. And my mom at the time was going through something at the end of, at the end of last year. And, and so I was really on the same wavelength as this article. And I really got it. Okay. And I've alluded to parts of it too. And, you know, in the podcast over the years, um, in terms of solutions, but 
Um, I want to kind of go over it with you and summarize it kind of for you, but I will say, I will put the link to the article because it's a very good article. It's very succinct. It's very straightforward and it'll take you, you know, a couple minutes to read. So I do highly recommend you check it out. Um, if you're interested and you know, the people who are, who are interviewed in this article too, um, are quite resourceful. So definitely, definitely check it out if you get a minute, but basically, you know, they're saying, and I agree that one of the, the solutions to the healthcare crisis, especially here in Ontario is to, you know, improve and reform primary care. Okay. Primary care, meaning, you know, having, you know, a community physician, a physician, a family physician, basically. Now, what the, some of the barriers, I guess you can say to that, um, not everybody has a family physician. So if you are a healthcare provider who has um, a patient, I would recommend, and I would suggest that they have a, a family physician because your family doctor is ultimately the touch point, right? They're, they're like the central hub of your healthcare, of your individual healthcare. And not only that, you have a rapport with them. So they know you over the course of of time, right? With the passage of time, they, you know, they might've known you since you were, since you were very young to, to where you are now. And they, they've witnessed what you've been through and what you've experienced. And they know you best in terms of, you know, or in comparison to any other healthcare provider, probably, right? So your, your primary care physician is really strong, in my opinion, and essential. They, they actually cite that only one in five people um, do you have a, a primary care physician or have a family physician? So I know most recently, even my, um, the guy who does landscaping for me, uh, for my home, he's a wonderful guy, suddenly ended up in hospital, wasn't feeling well, even ended up in the ICU and went through a whole ordeal there, you know, just totally out of the blue. And that's how life is, Right he came to see me, uh, you know, at the end of October and told me about what had happened. And he told me he didn't have a family physician. And I said, well, that's the one thing you need. Like, that's what you need to start. That's where you need to start is to get a family physician. Okay. Because that monitoring of ongoing is so important. Okay. Of ongoing needs or of ongoing concerns. Like again, your family physician is that touch point. So super important. Okay. Um, the other barrier is that medical students, only 30% of them are going into family practice and 50% of them apparently are going into a medical specialties. Okay. So it'd be nicer if the numbers were more reversed. What I will add from what I've read over the years is also when medical students, you know, get into practice, they're, they're usually pretty stressed and burned out that they kind of don't operate at a full-time capacity, right? They choose they choose their, their work schedule and they, and it's usually not what it used to be right for physicians who used to practice back in the day. Um, so that's, that's also a barrier. However, the other thing that they recommend, which I think would help with this, um, this inefficiency is if there is a team-based model, right? So there are some family health teams out there, but I come from the inpatient rehab space. And I, I've always felt that if patients had the same kind of providers that they have on the inpatient rehab space in the community, how amazing that would be, right? So that would be a PT, an OT, a nurse or a nurse practitioner in the community, right? You know, a physician, obviously, uh, you know, dietary, psychology, speech therapy, like a whole team behind you, right? If you needed it. 
I, I really think we need to expand that team-based model beyond just pharmacy and just beyond, um, you know, nurse practitioner and physician, and really include allied professionals in that. Okay. Because when my mom went through her health journey most recently, it was, it was basically me who, who recognized that there was something more going on. It was me who called her pacemaker clinic, not the ER physician, not her nurse practitioner who she had seen previously, but it was me. Okay. So, so I'm, and I'm a physio by background. Okay. So I'm just saying if, if you don't have um, like a, a family member or a trusted person in your life who has a healthcare background, whereas a medical background, um, you may be at a loss if you don't have a, a team behind you. So, you know, had my mom been seeing a physio for some reason, right? Because she was having difficulty walking, she was short of breath. Maybe they would have referred her for physio, let's say. Um, the physio would have noticed something was going on and would have referred back to the doctor. Like that's how the team kind of works, right? And I think that that type of um, uh, community needs to be had more in primary care because physicians, for one thing, there's not that many of them as indicated by, uh, you know, by the only 30% of students getting into practice also by the fact that not everyone's working full time when they get into the practice. Okay. So physicians themselves will need a team to support their work as well. Okay. And I, I think that, um, that that would be huge. And so basically they're saying in the article that we already have the resources, right? We already have these professionals here. We just have to bring it all together and reform the way things are currently uh, to make this work. And maybe to take a better look at, you know, access to medications and things like that as well, that would further help. Because the issue is, is we have an aging population and we also have a population with complex medical needs. So if someone doesn't have a touch point, so whether it's a family family physician or a team member of that of that team or like a provider in that team as a touch point at that point in time of their needs, then what ends up happening is things get delayed. And when things get delayed and you have a chronic issue, it can become an acute issue on a chronic issue. And that was, that's what ends up landing somebody back in the ER. Okay. And that's what is causing, you know, potentially some inefficiencies in the system, right? Because that could have been managed at an outpatient level had they had that individual had the proper support and at the right time and when they needed it. I, I really think it's possible to do this. And I think it makes sense. And I thought this article highlighted all of that very, um, very, very well. And like I said, it's not very long. So I'm going to post that article. Um, but if you are someone who works in the primary care space, something to think about, you know, um, it's not all on us, by the way, right? Like this is, this is just, I'm not saying that, you know, healthcare providers need to, to need to do this and they need to start doing this. I'm just saying that the greater system, like our, you know, our government, our leadership, they really need to take a closer look at this and they need to make this uh, they need to facilitate this is what I'm saying. Okay. So it does take a reallocation of resources um, to do this, but like they indicated in this article, we already have everything we basically need, which is bringing it back to patient centered care, looking at the whole person again. So I think this is a promising solution. I hope that 2024 will open the doors up to this. Um, and if you are working in primary care, 
something to think about, kind of take, kind of reflect a little bit more on your patients and, and ask yourself, you know, is this someone who could benefit from having more than just me as their care provider? I, I'm curious. Cause I, I have a feeling that that's kind of what's happening is that patients right now are having concerns, you know, regarding their health care that require maybe more than one focus of, of care. And, and it's optimal too, to have that for them as well. Right. Because not only um, is it that we can't be everything to everybody, but, but I, I really think there's a lot of power in team-based care and integrated care interprofessional care um, kind of around and supporting the patient or the client. Let me know what you think. I will also, I just want to let you know about something that I just recently started. Um, if you are part of my newsletter community, you know that I recently, I haven't written to you in a while and I know you understand. I, I've, I've talked about it in the, in the note that I sent last week on, um, on Tuesday, I usually send my newsletters out on, on Tuesday, but I, I was thinking a lot about my own, um, you know, stress management, my own relaxation, how I decompress. And one of the things that I have always done since I was a kid, like I can remember hoarding my sister's Columbia record CDs. I can remember the, the feeling of excitement when I was a kid, I would, I would run upstairs and I would literally jump on the bed on my, onto my belly. And I would have the radio beside me and I would open a CD. I'd pop the CD into the CD player and I would unravel. And I loved the feeling of unraveling, uh, the, the, um, the CD booklet and hoping to read lyrics. So I'm such a huge lyric person that for me was so fun and exciting. And, you know, as I, as I grew older, being a teenager, um, you know, a friend and I, who I've had a friendship with for so long, um, one of the things we we've done is go for cruises to music and we just belt out the lyrics um, that help us to offload the emotions of, of the day, or even to connect with the world in some way, right. To offer more perspective, to provoke empathy, um, to see things in a different light. And I really believe that music is healing in that way. Um, so what I'm starting and people seem to be excited about it, uh, from some of the people who've read the newsletter and who know about this, um, is I'm starting a life and lyrics club. And if you are someone who enjoys music and enjoys the lyrics to the music and really connects with them, and, and that kind of helps you to unwind um, and it renews your spirit and builds your resilience, um, I would love for you to join us and you can join us. Um, it's on my website, jennifergeorge.co under the engagement section of the website. You can simply register there um, and reach out there. And then I will, I can add you to the newsletter community around that. So the first, the first club, uh, will be held and the meeting will be held on, I shouldn't say meeting. It's more of like a gathering. Uh, they're held by zoom or on zoom and it'll be on Tuesday, February 6th at seven o'clock Eastern time. Um, and if you have a song, feel free to send it to me. If you'd rather not, and you'd rather just share it at the time, or you don't want to share at all. And you'd rather just hear what other people share. That's fine too. But if you want, I can post the lyrics to the group um, as well so that they can kind of follow along if you do choose to share. Okay. So I hope you'll join me. I'm quite excited about it. It's something um, non-clinically related, but when you really think about it, when you really think about it, um, creativity and art and the world of artistry really, um, like I said, expands our our horizons a bit, right? Helps us connect with the greater world around us. 
um, and with one another and with ourselves. And I think that, that that's healing. I think that that's, you know, a form of, of building resilience as well, and also empowering, you know, our spirit. Okay. So I do hope you'll join us and uh, take part in that. And you can check that out at jennifergeorge.co slash engagement. So until we chat next time, remember to stay well and to stay happy. Take care. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jennifergeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.